0: Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Russell. How are you, sir? Um, well, happy Thanksgiving. You guys aren't ready, are you? Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! All right, how many of y'all will actually go out and do some Black uh, uh, Friday shopping? Y'all are crazy. (laughs) You know you can do that online now, right? (laughs) So uh, so I have some good news and some bad news. Um, Actually, really no bad news. Um, Today we are launching our series, The Birth of a Kingdom. So... um, we're not necessarily beginning Christmas today, but we are framing it. And today I want to frame for you the series that we're going to be doing through Christmas and, and up into Christmas Eve. And, and it is called The Birth of a Kingdom. And that is exactly the heart and the motive and the, the momentum that I want us to, to be about in, in 2020. And that's really what we're going to do is to kind of be framing where we believe God is calling us to, to go in 2020. And, and, and I, I just want to draw your heart into the, the story of Christmas again and, and reframe it for a little bit because it is a wonder. So if you will, f- with me for a moment, let's tell the story and let's get off autopilot for a moment and let's hear it again in wonder in a way that, that maybe will open us to this story from the past being the, the real guide in our present present. In Hillsong Seasons, the song says, you could have saved us in a second, but instead, you sent a son. In the beginning, the world began in a flash of light at God's command, and it ended a short time later in death and darkness. That ending came the moment that our indifference and our rebellion mattered more to us than loving our Creator. No, I'm not really exaggerating when I say the world ended because it did. Yes, the world kept spinning, but the world spinning as it is is only a a crazy spinning out of control and an experience of pain and separation from our purpose in creation. Everything was broken. Nothing on earth was right but God. But God did not abandon his creation and he didn't abandon us. God did something astounding for a God when you think about it. God believed. And that sounds so crazy to us, uh, but you need to know that the God who asked you to believe has done so himself in bigger ways than he's ever asked of us. God believed. And so when he calls you and I to a faith of trust that is beyond our comfort zone, that is not what we like, that doesn't take us in the paths we want to walk, we need to realize that every step Christ took was God believed. He believed everything broken could be redeemed. And that means you. And that means me. It means the family that you grew up in. It means the heart that you live in now. It means the future that you and I fear. It means the relationships that are strained. It means everything about everything, all redeemed, all forever fixed by God's agape love. A love so endless and so beautiful and so otherworldly that we use the word word love, but but we we can no more reach the end of agape than we can see with our eyes the end of the galaxy. God loved without limits. And he believed that there would be some of us throughout time and some of us in time in, in 2019 who would believe that that he was worth loving without limits too. There would be some, God believed, who would see the craziness of this world. It's, it is, you know, and part of the crazy is the subtleness of its offness. You can manage for a moment or two now and then uh, peace and a, a form of happiness, but it does not last. And in all that we gain in this world, we lose with 6 feet of earth in our face all too soon in too many tears and so god believed that some of us would look beyond the pain and the crazy of our moments we would we would look at the story of his son and we would be willing to love as he loved that agape love would come into our hearts and we would be changed everything inside of us would change And so it happened. A king was born at Christmas. And Isaiah 9, 6 through 9 says this. For to us, a son was born. To us, a child was given. And the government will be on his shoulders. This government is is not our worldly, earthly government. It is the government of a king who brings a kingdom. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and reign and peace, there will be no end. This is the winning side. This is our hope of living on a crazy, death-ridden world. But what most of us miss in this now familiar tale Is that at the birth of Bethlehem, it was not only a king that was born, but it was a kingdom. And at Christmas, we are familiar with the coming of a king and we celebrate it. But I think we miss the whole point of the king's arrival. It was to usher in his kingdom. A new dawn. A light that would create uh, new light and and end the everlasting darkness that, that invaded earth with sin. That you and I would not have to live in hell now or forever. That we would be recreated, remade, restored, renewed, redeemed. And that we would choose to live in the purpose of the king and in the reign of his kingdom in our lives. And that everything would change inside of us. Present tense. Everything would change. Not in a flash. Not in an instant. But in the, the growth of our lives as his daughters and as his sons that his government his guidance his leadership would change how we think uh, how we feel what we choose how we love everything would be changed in the kingdom Jesus came to bring a kingdom and so the main question of our lives this Christmas season is how is our life in the kingdom of God and do we even think about the kingdom of God is it uh, first in our minds? And, and, and is the, the, the kingdom of God a, you know, just an absence in our reality? Are we more caught up in the kingdom of earth and our life in this world and, and our, our own earthly government and all of the pain that is storming around us? Or is the king's kingdom our reality? In John 18 36, Jesus said this, My kingdom is not of this world. And you and I need to pay careful and close attention to those words. My kingdom is not of this world. We don't get this. And I'm not picking on Catholics here. I'm I'm picking on all of us. We don't get this meaning that his kingdom is not of this world. And we create robes and rings and titles. We call people clergy and we, we separate and we imagine that some people are different than others. And this was not Jesus. It looked nothing like his life, nothing like his teaching. And we, we make religion this way that we can, uh, you know, sort of appease God and then yet retain control of our living. We think our own thoughts, we do our own will and, and we, we cover it with a thin coat of paint called religion and we've missed The kingdom that changes everything. So the kingdom of heaven looks nothing like the kingdom of earth. It doesn't sound like it, smell like it, talk like it. It doesn't have any of the values that we value here on earth. Everything is different. Said the king before Pilate on his way to the cross. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. And this is the place that I want to lead you to this Christmas. I want you to be forever different. I want you to associate from this moment forward your relationship with the king to your commitment to his kingdom and to the advance of his kingdom in your life through your life. I don't want you ever to be comfortable with saying, um, you know, I'm a Christian without also realizing that, that that statement means that my whole life is given over to the coming of his kingdom in my heart and through my life. Every energy I have, every word I speak, every thought I think is to advance the kingdom of this king whose greatness we sing about and we mock him if we sing about his greatness. And do not live it. Don't expect the kingdom of God to look like, feel like, smell like, taste like, be anything like what is familiar to you in this world you need to start to condition your brain. If you want to see this invisible kingdom of, of the king, you need to condition your brain to distrust every thought you have, every interpretation of life you have, every feeling you have. You need to flush down the toilet. You can't even recycle it. This kingdom is so completely different. It is not, a, not an add-on kingdom. It is, a, it is a replacement. It is not a, an addition to life. It is a substitute it is everything, because our whole system and economy in this world is is not going to to be a model for the king 's kingdom. It is so different. No earthly king reigning in power stands willingly bound and humiliated and the difference you see in Jesus as king is a difference that you need to embrace in in allowing God's will to come in your life in ways that you don't like and you don't expect. And you need to to welcome the kingdom to come in your life in ways that you don't control and you don't predict. You see, the truth is, to truly be for Jesus is to be all about his kingdom. I mean in everything. Everything. And, and my job as shepherd is to get you ready, um, well, it, it's first of all to, to lead you in, into life that, that God called, but, but it's to do all of that in light of the day that is to come. You and I will one day stand before God. I mean, yesterday it was September, now it's Thanksgiving. Um, you know, today you're young, tomorrow somebody will be, will be mourning you at a funeral service. time flies and we have a small amount of it. And in that moment in judgment with God, my goal is to have you hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. To call you out of your fallen uh, faithlessness into your created purpose and to have you rise up and, and to follow the king and to expand his kingdom. That's my job. So that one day when you stand before God, he looks at you and says, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the only way that happens is is to truly allow the agape love of God to come into your life and change everything inside of you. Again, not in a magic wand kind of way, but in a day by day, sunrise by sunset, pain by pain, struggle by struggle kind of way where God's love uh, is, is invited and welcomed in and you believe in his belief in you and your belief is just believing back. Hard as it is, the hardest thing for any of us to truly believe is that God really loves us. But he does. So beautifully and so wonderfully and so eternally. You are God's well-loved child. And if you've ever held your own child and, and felt just this, this compassion and, and delight in that little being then you have a a tiny glimpse of what your heavenly father thinks of you right now pastor drew you don't know what i've done no i don't need to i know what jesus has done and i know that nothing you have done has changed what he has done That all of our sin is covered on the cross. That he died as a substitute for our sin. That his blood paid the price for our sin and wrong. And that we can be redeemed. We just have to accept. And so if we say then in response to such love that we are going to be for Jesus then what we are saying is you need to to read the contract, you need to read the fine print, except it's not so fine. Um, You need to, to understand that if we say we're for Jesus, then what we're committing to is not to be for what he did in the past, we are to be alive in what he's done in the present. And he is bringing his kingdom through you. And you need to learn to think in the kingdom, filter through the kingdom, feel in the kingdom, believe in the kingdom, seek the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, lest you think that I'm exaggerating, says this. But seek first his kingdom. This is Jesus speaking. But fe- seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So, so we're going to unpack what the kingdom is in the next few weeks. And how it looks in the real broken world. But you need to understand that the work of the kingdom is to bring us the work of the king is to bring us into the kingdom, right? That's number one. God wants to bring us into his kingdom, out of darkness, into the realm of the sun he loves. That's, that's the first work. But he does this so that we can be about the work of the kingdom, which is bringing others in. And, and if your life is not about this, then your life is, is not for Jesus. That's, that's what this is about, you have to, to let the king bring you into the kingdom, which means there's a leaving. It means that, that there's a learning. It means that, that you're leaving behind your old ways and your old life. It means that, that you are brought into a new kingdom that is different than anything you know or can control. You can't control it. Jesus talked about the spirit of God and he said, it's like the wind. You can't see it. You, you can only tell where it's gone, and, and the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's not religion, you know, uh, it isn't church uh, in, in our cultural sense. It is the realm where God's will is done and His kingdom comes. It is the realm of the human heart that is willing to be loved and then transformed and be love, regardless of how it is treated. Christ on the cross showed that regardless of how we are treated in a broken world, we love back, and nothing stops that. And this kingdom of God, again, I want it to to be for a moment strange and alien. I don't want you to associate it with anything known and familiar, but at the same time, you felt it. At the same time, if you're a follower of Christ, you've you've done it. Seeking the kingdom is a total reorientation about what life is about. It, it, you know, so so assume that you don't know rather than that you do, okay? Because when you assume that you do know, you don't know. Everything that we know on on earth is wrong, right? I mean, you think I'm exaggerating? No. Everything you and I think we know on earth is wrong. Everything we feel is wrong. In fact, there is a real sense in which to learn faith, you have to learn distrust. You have to learn to distrust your own interpretation of everything in life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 foreshadowed this from the beginning. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Okay? So the whole object of my my confident knowing is, is in the I am, nothing else. Not my place in the world, not my understanding, not my wants, not my desires, not my wishes, not my self-created idea of what a good life would look like. None of that can bear, uh, you know, stand up under the weight of of true trust. None of that. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Father, God, and he will direct your paths. We have to learn distrust um, in, in terms of of distrusting ourselves to the point that that everything we know in life, we give up. Everything. <laughs> this is why Jesus said that we were as called to the cross as he was. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. See, Jesus isn't just saying don't look at porn. Jesus isn't just saying don't steal, don't rob, don't rape anybody. He's talking about denying Everything you consider the essence of you. It's all, you gotta turn away from all that. Why? Because he wants to give you a new you. Not everybody's gonna hear this message. A lot of people will filter out the hard parts and and keep the easy parts that allow us to use God for our own gain and and to allow me to use God to build my own security and, and continue with the kind of life that I want. And again, I'm not saying that everything we want is, quote, wrong or bad as we would identify wrong or bad. I'm just saying if it's not God, it's hell. Realize that until you and I are actively seeking God's strange kingdom. We're actively seeking ours in opposition to his. Pastor Drew, that's kind of strong. That's not the real question. The real question is, is it kind of true? Until you and I are, are actively responding to this king who has come by seeking his kingdom in everything, what we're doing in not actively seeking in humility the kingdom and its thoughts and its interpretations uh, and its ways of changing even how I relate in my home and to strangers and to the brokenness of our, of our, our culture, if, if, I, if I am not actively seeking the kingdom, then I am advancing my own kingdom in opposition to his. You see, a, a seeking stance is moment by moment humility. I mean, it's just complete and abject humility. Jesus looked in one time and, and told the story of two men and, and one of them was a religious guy who pretty much assumed that he was okay and, and who was praying, Lord, I, I thank you that I, I am not like this guy. And the other guy was over there on his knees crying out to God in tears, not in control, no dignity. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I, I tell you, that man will go away justified and not the other. This moment-by-moment moment humility um, and this distrust I'm talking about doesn't make you uh, ultimately, less confident and, and more fractured, it makes you more complete and purposefully whole. It leads you into the agape love of the kingdom. It restores your relationship with God and yourself and then and then begins the work of restoration with everybody else around you. How are you doing in his kingdom? Um, we, we heard the description of the kingdom that, that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and so we just finished uh, the, the series telling us what, what the kingdom of God looks like when the spirit of God reigns in our heart that we can experience love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. How is the kingdom reign going in your life? And, and so what I want to say to you is that, that we should adopt a stance of seeking rather than knowing. And that God will be able to do so much more in your life with a humble perspective of, Father, I am waking up this morning and I am seeking first your kingdom above everything else in my life. There's a lot I want. There's a lot I desire. There's a, there's a lot that, that is on my mind and on my heart. But God, I'm, I'm putting all of that aside and what I'm seeking above everything else my, in my life, my king, is your kingdom. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Hey, Here's a thought. What if Jesus actually meant what he said? It's just a thought. Let me, let me just tell you what, what the kingdom changes in Matthew 6, you know, in the passages that are leading up to Matthew 6, which we just read. Um, it, it, it changes everything. It changes our, the health of our relationships with others. Um, in, in Matthew um, 6, Jesus said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you your sins, but if you don't forgive them their sins, your Father will not forgive you. So this agape love of God, it means that, that, that nobody can dominate our lives, that, that, that we can be reconciled and, and at peace, at least on our part, with everybody because we forgive. I'm telling you the most broken human relationships can be changed by agape love. At least the offer is given. Christ on the cross held by three nails looks down on those who nailed him and says, Father, forgive them if they don't know what they're doing. The kingdom of God changes the possibilities in broken human relationships. It changes the authenticity of our faith. In, in Matthew six sixteen 16 through um, 18, the scripture says, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. Man, in this world, we want a religion that other people notice and reward. We want to be recognized. And we will find subtle ways to tell people uh, who we are and what we do so they can praise us. That's the kingdom of this world. It's, it's nothing like the, the kingdom of agape love. Jesus said, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it would not be obvious to others, only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I mean, the kingdom of God changes the authenticity of your faith. You need nothing from no one. It changes our values. In verse 19, he says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves and break in into steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be." Now again, now Jesus is really starting to meddle, OK? Because he's now getting into what I value and to what I want, right? And here's the secret that you all need to know what I want is is what I deserve. Right? Well, that's what I think. <laughs> but but that's me in my broken and the king in his kingdom tells us that, that your whole life is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and that your investments in life are not to be for a short-term return uh, in, in greenbacks and recognition. It is to invest every single moment with, with your eye on the long game. You're playing for the kingdom of heaven and you're living for the reward of God. I mean, the kingdom of, of, of heaven changes everything. It changes how we desire and what we desire. In verse 22, the scripture says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. I used to puzzle over the meaning of this verse. Anybody with me? Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? You ask him because he'll speak to you as directly and as well as he'll ever speak to me. But I think he's talking about our desires. What we look at, what we want, what we let in. And he says, if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If you want the wrong things, you're gonna fill your whole life with them. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you desire anything other than the light of God's kingdom, you just chasten the dark. But he also invites us into this kingdom that changes our focus and our fears. I mean, real world in the most basic kind of down to to you know brass tacks way uh, Jesus and his kingdom changes everything and how we see life therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or about your your body what you'll wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes now I gotta say this first sounds great till you're hungry but once you're hungry (laughs) it gets real um he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Again, do you believe God believes in your worth? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, but I'm pretty darn sure we can subtract a few hours. And why do you worry about your clothes? Is Pastor John here? <laughs> See how the flowers of the field grow? I'll pay for that, that's okay. They do not labor or spend, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Listen to this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Oh my gosh. This is the most basic elemental stuff that we need on earth. We need in life, right? God, this, this is the stuff that I should be focused on. I got to eat. I got to have a roof over my head. I've, I've, No, Jesus said. No. That's the kingdom of the world. That's the kingdom of the flesh. That's the kingdom that you're going to be drawn to in your life down here and below. But I have sent my son uh, to, to be a king, uh, the king born at Bethlehem. And he came not only to to do something 2,000 years ago, but to bring a kingdom that will never end. And this kingdom is to be the focus of your life. It is to be what you are about. It is to change every aspect of your life 360 degrees. And so, the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. We are called to a complete refocus in our lives away from everything that we would fear and worry about to a singular focus on our Heavenly Father and His provision in His kingdom. Therefore I tell you, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What a radical reorientation of life. To be for Jesus, really for him in a non-religious way, in a way that is humble, in a way that is, that is completely surrendered in a way which you die and he lives in a way which you're loving God back um, in the same direction that, that, that he loved you and you're believing him in the hard things as he believed in the hardness of the cross in, in that kind of way of being for Jesus? It means you're for his kingdom and about his kingdom. And your whole life isn't about you anymore. It's just how can I advance your kingdom, Jesus, here on earth? <laughs> I got a short time to live. I don't want it to be about me. I don't care if anybody knows my name or recognizes me or approves of me. I don't care what I have or I don't have. I just care about the king and the coming of his kingdom in me. And, and if that is not our focus, then the king is not our king. You see, you can't have a king without a kingdom. And, and to truly embrace the king changes everything as we move into his kingdom. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to reconnect your acceptance of the king with the coming of his kingdom in your life. I want you to think kingdom, breathe kingdom, seek kingdom, love kingdom, be kingdom, and so glorify King Jesus. And that's the simple invitation of this season. For us to merely look at christmas day and the coming of the king and and having little impact after that is essentially to say and christ was born so what but to make the connection between king and kingdom is to say christ was born so father what's next So may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as in heaven. In my life, as with angels, my life is yours. If you've never accepted King Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is very simple to do. (laughs) It, It is not a memorized prayer it is a movement of your heart a giving of your heart a giving of your life to Jesus and repenting of life under you in your sin to turn and follow Jesus in his righteousness and forgiveness today if you're a believer here and you know the king then I would ask you how is it with his kingdom in your life make the connection and seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that all over this auditorium that some of us will dare to love back. That some of us will lay down the kingdom of our own desires and our own understandings and in simple humility, Father, we would reorient our whole life towards seeking this invisible kingdom of agape love. Father, in Jesus' name, may we be yours. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. and As we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.